word. Hey, Race to Rise fam. We're Rhonda and Renee, and we are back with a dose of R&R. How are you doing, girl? It has been a minute, but we are glad to be chatting with y'all. That is right. Happy Black History Month in the UK. It is the first of yep. the month. Exciting mm-hmm. times. I know at my job, we are celebrating the Black woman. Um, so I love that. Looking forward to, yeah, just the celebrations. And obviously, um, it's the 75th anniversary of HMT Win Rush Empire. So yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to to celebrate, but also, you know, that's that's it. How are you before we, you know, delve into it? Yeah, I'm good, you know, momming. I'm doing yeah. the mommy thing. So I am loving every bit of it. Um, home with my baby girl, embracing her and watching her grow. And she's what, 16 months old today. That's crazy. So. I know time. What is time? What is time? (laughs) You know, what is time? And so, you know, part of our episode today, we wanted to talk about youth and what's happening in the news and young people and our young girls and our young boys and kind of what's happening in the world around them. And as mothers of daughters, this recent um, uh, story in the news about Elian and Dam has really broken my heart. She was a 15-year-old girl who was stabbed to death, murdered in Croydon. And for our listeners who are outside of the UK, outside of London, it's um, an area of South London that, frankly, I've only been to maybe twice, but um, I, my heart breaks for her. And her family at 15, like, you know, we have little girls. I can't imagine, you you don't think about your little girls not outliving you, right? Yeah, and I think also, I mean, she went to a private school, you know, where you pay for your Mm -hmm. tuition. She, you know, lives in a decent area and it's broad daylight. You know, there's all these factors you think that, you know, I hear that it happens over there in a council or a tower block, if you will, but, you know, mm-hmm. your kid's going to school and these types of events unfold and and it impacts your kid. It's just shocking. It's numbing. It's painful. Mm-hmm. I know it, it gripped Nev. He couldn't like stop reading about it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just really unfortunate that all she was trying to do was just you know, be a good friend and and step it into a situation unbeknownst to her that this person, in my opinion, was a bit premeditated, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he clearly had a knife yeah. to probably do something if the outcome wasn't the outcome that he wanted, right? And um, I think that's the saddest part is uh, the state of the youth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we get to this stage where it's hard um, if something doesn't work out your way. I don't know. You know, I think as a parent, I think about that. How do I balance not giving Chloe everything she wants and to mm-hmm. kind of ease to her that, you know, you may hear the word no, but that doesn't mean it's the, the end of the world. I, I don't know. Yeah, my mom used to always tell us growing up, no is an answer, just as yes is an answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's and, real. And, and that's what it is. And if we kept saying, why, but why, but why? My mom would say, because why has a long tail? And if you cut it off, it'll be a V. <laughs> and I remember thinking, <laughs> you would just sit there dumbfounded, like, okay. And you just move on to the next thing. But it's, I I was looking at a news article about 
what happened to this young lady. And there were some really just vile comments underneath it. I think vile, um, where people were saying things like, this is why I'm on my business. She should have stayed out of it and blah, blah, blah. And that's so, to me, horrible to say, because we don't even know, no one knows the extent to which she quote unquote stepped in. And we were just talking about this offline. It could have been that she physically stepped in. It could have been that she like just put her hand up and was like, yo, bro, like my friend's not interested. Because I think the crux of the story from what I've read is her friend, this young man was the ex they had separated she he was the ex-boyfriend and he had tried to give her flowers on the bus or outside the bus or you know I think it happened on on the bus and then you all you know is you know Eliane stepped in so we don't know to what extent she stepped in she could have just verbally been like yo back off she could have physically created a barrier between him and her friend either way it she shouldn't have died yeah and this that's so frightening to me that people are equating her death to oh she should have just minded her mind her business like that to me isn't the first thing that comes to mind as a human as a parent the first thing that came to my mind was no as parents you should be teaching your little boy to, how to deal with rejection how to deal with no how to um not use violence against women as an answer for not getting your own way how to be respectful how to be honorable how to be thoughtful, kind, compassionate, considerate. How about all these other things versus killing someone because you didn't get your own way? Well, I know. I think that's the sad part is that one, you know, there are a bunch of adults Mm -hmm. digitally have all these opinions. I mean, even the shade room, you know, I just Mm -hmm. couldn't believe it, right? As opposed to taking a step back um, to your point. I mean, I think with Elian's death, what I read was this makes it now... Uh, the most uh, knife stabbings of youth in mm-hmm. London, right? And mm-hmm. and the year hasn't even ended. Um, so that's number one. Number two, um, this is triggering. You know, this the, mm-hmm. the reality is two lives are ruined, right? Actually, three lives, right? Elian is gone. The young mm-hmm. guy who's done this, I mean, his life is ruined um, mm-hmm. because someone similarly a couple of years ago uh, killed a teenager and was detained in prison for life so mm-hmm. that will probably follow and then mm-hmm. the friend you know the friend ever mm. have to deal with both traumas losing a friend and, and having someone at one point that she had a relationship with do something to her really good friend mm-hmm. and I think you know it's just wondering like what do we do what are the programs I mean you know we all know that economically the UK has faced challenges just like other parts of the world programs get cut naturally right as the first order but Mm -hmm. what can we do to pour back into the youth to manage their well-being because surely this can't be um you know the 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 resort that people take. I agree. And I think we saw, I don't know about you, but I think I saw a lot more around mentorship, even mentorship that I was giving to young people prior to the pandemic, because even when I lived in New York, I'm even thinking about when I lived in Hong Kong, there were so many opportunities. Maybe it was through the organization we were at at the time, but even just independent of that, to meet with young kids, do things with them, have coffees with them, you know, things like that. And well, coffee, coffee and kid don't go together, but you get my point. Yeah. Um, but I find that post pandemic, even though 
in theory, you think it would be easier to jump on a Zoom with a, a, a youth and just say, hey, how are you doing? Let's do a monthly catch up, a monthly check in. I find that more and more people have been led to um, venting online, right? Because people are in the house. So people are venting online and, you know, I'm not saying this to, 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 to step on our own toes here, but more and more people are going on to podcasts and using podcasts as yeah. ways of almost like healing themselves and healing trauma yeah. by speaking aloud and like self-diagnosing. And then, you know, we saw Kevin Samuels who, you know, thinks he can cure, you know, knew everything about women and had horrible things to say about women, particularly black women. Um, and so to your point with all these activities and programs being cut for young people, I'm just hoping that there will be more people who will be willing to volunteer, you know, pro bono, free of charge to engage with young people to, I think that physical engagement is important post-pandemic as well, that that getting to know them, being assigned to someone, spending time with them, going for a walk, um, I think that's that's going to be important going forward. And, you know, it's sad to say, but how do we empower young women to, you know, I don't want young women to cower now and feel like, well, I can't, I can't defend my friend or I can't say no to this guy because if I do, he's going to explode at me. I know what that feels like. I've been there, mm. you know, just afraid to to tell a guy like, no, I'm not interested or no this isn't working or whatever, because either they become verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, psychologically abusive, or they can become physically abusive, which is what we saw, violent. And so how do we raise our young girls to really stand their ground and at the same time know that there are incidences where they can be in harm's way? It's very, very complex and it's very, very frightening. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, more generally speaking, like just with with London um, and, and the knife crime, right? It's one of the things that I came across in the BBC is someone said um, knife crime is a symptom of an issue. You know, mm-hmm. that what you need is early interventions into young people's lives, which is what we were mm-hmm. talking about because behind every child that's struggling at school, there's a mom or dad that's struggling and they need our support. Mm-hmm. I do believe hurt people hurt people, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, maybe this young man, you know, is only reacting and responding to what's normal in his environment. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. as opposed to being able to channel that differently, that was his resort. And I think that's the the sad part is there's so many layers that people are are navigating um especially in london right i -hmm. just think i think that's the sad part i'm like there's a lot of hurt people walking around and i think that's what kind of gets me anxious sometimes is that like there's only so much that we have control over right we only Mm -hmm. can control how we respond to things but there are a lot of walking ticking time bombs and Mm -hmm. It's so important how you treat people, but even how you treat people, you still can't control how they respond to your treatment. Yep. Um, yep. And I think that's where my heart is, is, is that we definitely 
if I just look at, you know, the, the state of the youth and like what the future has to hold, I'm like, there's so much that we need to do, whether it's the climate, whether it's the investment in mental health and really making mental health services accessible mm -hmm. um, so that people can channel their feelings in multiple ways, mm -hmm. trying to find avenues where people can explore the arts. Uh, there's just yep. so many avenues that are available in London or more globally um, that can keep our kids, you know, engaged. And I just think that's what it is, is that to your point, we're so consumed sometimes um, with the digital, with social media, we do things in isolation and we're sometimes in our own bubbles and thoughts compounded by nature, nurture. Mm hmm and I think that to me is um is the red flag is that we we really, really, really need to work together as a community. Because if I look at what it what you know our kids have to inherit right now, it's it's a little mm -hmm. bit nervous, to be honest. Nerve-wracking, mm -hmm. I should say. Yeah. And I think it's getting worse and worse and worse over the years. I mean, I don't know about you. You grew up in Miami. I grew up in New York, really big cities, very metropolitan cities. And though I, I'm just thinking when I was 15, um, if there was a similar scenario, I think, you know, guys would just be like, yo, forget you, Dan, forget you. I don't ever like you anyway. Right. It was, it was a lot of chat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was, you know, especially if he was in front of his boys, he would be like, yo, I never like you and and you ain't that cute anyway. It would be a bunch of like, you know, your mama this, your mama that kind of thing. But we have seen over the years, over the years, over the years, over the years, you know, there's been such a, a drastic shift from, and I'm not saying that when we were growing up, violence wasn't prevalent, right? Amongst young people, of course it was. And like I said, I've noted two big cities that we come from, but I've just found sadly that even broadly outside of this case, people are so, the, the chat has just diminished and the, I'm just going to get back at you by like, you know, giving you a diss, right? To no, I'm going to physically re react and assault you. And, and, and it's sad. Like you said, it is, it is very, very, very sad. Um, you know, I credit a lot of major organizations for building in mentorship programs and encouraging and financing mentorship programs. Um, and I think that's incredible. And there are you know, a number that you and I have both been involved in, you know, over the years. But as you said, you know, when when the economy is facing a downturn and right now the UK is not doing really well, that that generally speaking is the first thing to go. Yeah, because people tend to donate less to charities, mm -hmm. but then more people use the charities. <laughs> so right? it's hard for them to, you know, make the most with less resources available to spread but yeah I mean yeah. I think also growing up like we didn't grow up with social media like you know by right. the Facebook came in we were in university or I probably was like in grad school senior year of grad school for me like I don't remember mm -hmm. but it wasn't in my childhood and so it wasn't a big deal if a guy and you didn't talk because you didn't have to worry about it going viral right it was just Maybe there was the whole whispers telephone, you know, but it wasn't like spread all over social media or I don't know. I just felt like it was just contained. 
mm-hmm. what the mm-hmm. impact was. Um, and I do think, again, like I'm not trying to diss the advancement in technology for obvious reasons, right? Like we don't have to wait for a network to give us a platform. We're able to create a podcast on our own. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to dispute said benefits of technology, but also I do wonder when we have egos that are so fragile, you know, and not the ability to take a step back and say, you know, in the big scheme of things, is this really going to mean anything in five years time? Like I, I remember the first person I liked a lot. And I remember when that person broke my heart or when I thought was my heart being broken. Mm -hmm. I mean, like now I can laugh about it. Right. And I think that's the sad part is like, you know, they always say the the youth is wasted on the young, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you get older, you have perspective and you realize like some of these things that you gave a lot of weight to, you know, time is the healer, but you know, time is the healer of those things. But again, it's easier said than done when you're caught up in the moment. Absolutely. And I don't know if you heard about this situation. There's another one. Um, there's a, I, uh, I follow the Jamaica Observer because I always want to know kind of what's going on back home in Jamaica as well. And we're both Jamaican backgrounds, so it's important. Um, and there is a, another news story that happened a few days ago, a little uh, boy named Jahim Coleman. He is grade eight student who was beaten unconscious um, by a grade 11 student for stepping on his clerks. Oh God. And it sounds like you almost kind of want to like giggle a bit because you're like, nah, that can't be real. Um, but there's video circulating and, you know, I don't, I don't know what the press rules are per se in Jamaica, but there are videos circulating even by the Jamaica Observer where you see his two friends um, and followed by a bunch of other schoolboys in his year, literally physically carrying this child to um, one of the emergency rooms that was a few blocks away because the school staff and the school um, uh, security didn't step in, at least according to the little boy's aunt. And so, you know, it's just, again, it's like the, the impulse to just react to people. Um, and the fact that it was filmed, right? So one of the videos I saw, again, I didn't know it would have been so triggering, was he was he was laying there and you hear someone in the background say, yeah, man, I got I got to catch this. I got to catch this. Like, but then you see kids really running up to him like, wait a minute, he's not moving. Like, let me, let's make sure he's okay. But it's this, this sensationalism be- behind, you know, as you said, social media and everything's on there now and you got to post. And in a way we've been able to solve so many crimes and so many offenses because things have been quote unquote captured. But it's really sad that, you know, that little boy had to be seen in that way. Um, it after is. Being yeah. It is. It is. I mean, you know, my heart, thoughts, prayers, you know, and I know it sounds so cliche when people say this, but I really do feel for the families across the board because their lives are forever changed on something that, man, if there was a way for some positive intervention, you know, the outcome mm-hmm. would have been so different. I really, really question adults, you know, I really Mm. question adults who go on the internet 
and have an opinion about what a child does as if that individual or individuals themselves weren't children. And I do think like, you know, at the end of the day, like really put some thought on words that you put on the screen because mm -hmm. like they're forever linked to you mm -hmm. and just make no mistake, right? Like we all get tested in life. And I would hope that if something were to happen to me or anyone in my family, there's a element of empathy and compassion. Uh, but I really do think people lose the plot to try and go viral and say things. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. we should all remember that this is life. This is real. This is someone's mm -hmm. child. You know, mm -hmm. this is going to be a reminder on so many levels that these parents have to deal with not seeing their kid go to university, not seeing their kid get married, not seeing their kid fulfill her dream. Mm -hmm. So I think we as adults can contribute, um, mentor. One of the things I want to do is to really try and get the arts, um, get young people to access the arts in London. Like I just, like I said, mm. there's just so many cool museums. So I've been going by myself or with families and friends, but I do want to find a way, whether it's through mentees of mine or partnering with other charities to get young people, because it's crazy to me, Rhonda, like, I mean, like some of the best museums in the world, right? are free to get in. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure if you walk up to a certain postcode and ask the kid, like, have you ever been to the Tate Modern? The answer will be no. Oh, girl, listen, I have gone on dates with men here. Grown men who, you know, I'm just trying to find something to identify with being in this city that's not mine. And I'm like, have you been to the Tate? Oh, you know, when was the last time? Not even, when was the last time you went to this place or the last time you went to that place and huh no never been and don't get me wrong like as a New Yorker like I haven't been to the Statue of Liberty since my school trip when I was seven or whatever but um to say you've never been like even as part of something at school or whatever it, it's there needs to be more of that so so there are big big people who haven't you know experienced this and and we need to do more of it and like you said like I try to take my daughter out to see things as much as as possible even when I'm home in New York you know just so that she has that exposure she has that ability to kind of explore and see and see other kids and you know see things touch things be engaged in something and like you said it's free yeah. And even if it's not right, like, I feel like this is an opportunity for a lot of us. Um, and this is, again, why I really appreciate organizations who pour into mentoring programs. It's an opportunity for a lot of us to put our money where our mouth is as well. No, 100%. 100%. So, you know, I do want to try and end it on a positive note. How do you plan on celebrating Black History Month? this year um that's a really really good question I am really going to try to um uplift other women um other women who may be going through difficult times like be present be a, a level of support um 
I'm always looking to expose and dive into like black owned brands. And so um, whether that be, you know, things I'm buying for my daughter, things I'm looking at for myself. Um, so yeah, I think any, any way I can help bring exposure or access to specifically black women, I think that would be great. And I think the other thing that's been heavy on my mind, particularly given my daughter is still so young, is really engaging whenever I have the opportunity in conversations around black maternity and black mm-hmm. motherhood. Um, you know, postpartum, because I struggled a lot physically. Um, postpartum is as well. I had carpal tunnel in both my hands. I still struggle with um uh, abdominal separation and um also knowing what it feels like to to mother in isolation you know away from your family away from your support system away from many of your friends because even though you and I can just jump on the phone right quick you you live over an hour away you know what I mean so not having access to your your physical support network and so I want to again wherever there's opportunity I'm sure there's other women who are feeling that way um and just you know be a voice for them listen to them um, touch base with them so so simple things but that's how I'm thinking of it and of course diving into all my favorite black films for the month (laughs) and whenever I get a chance and baby boo's asleep um you know I love black cinema I love black films and so um yeah self-care for me is going to be a big one as well what about you oh that's good um I think I want to explore a couple exhibits Mm -hmm. exhibitions um so somerset house has one called the missing thread which is the Mm -hmm. untold stories of black british fashion Mm -hmm. um so that's until january 2024 so i have all these grandiose plans but y'all know life be lifing but that is Mm -hmm. on my hit list and then near me um woolwich has a contemporary print fair so again, it's Ooh. just an opportunity. It's like the largest uh, contemporary print fair in the UK. Oh, wow. Okay. And so it just has like an exhibition of emerging artists, um, famous names and specialist galleries that come and show off their work. And then again, near me, they have 75 ways to celebrate Windrush in just one day. Mm. Um, so that would be like mid-October. Now, again, I have all these grandiose plans. Life be lifing. Um, I also tried to read, so I, um, I did read one book that was really good by, um, it's called Homebodies. And I was like mm-hmm. really excited because the author Tembe Denton Hurst actually reshared, um, my, my story. So obviously I'm going to try and read, um, books written by black authors i'm currently reading atomic habits by james clear who's not a black author but um, the next book in queue is called the list i don't know if you've seen it around like the tfl transportation london but yeah Yeah. so (laughs) apparently it's good but like honestly i think amazon just knows me so like any book comes (laughs) up and they're like yep this is you this is you but yeah it's the next book for me is the list by yomi adegoke after and we had met her. I remember we met her years ago. Girl, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone's saying it's really, really good. 
Um, I'll check it out too. Let me know how how you like it. Yeah. Um, so so far, I mean, she's gotten decent reviews so far. Um, so yes, that's that. I mean, that's that. And I guess like you try to pour back into myself, like as you can tell, I'm a bit nasally, haven't been feeling well, running myself dry. Um, but I'm hoping to use some of my gift cards that I got for my birthday in August. Hopefully this month mm-hmm. I can use it to go to the spa mm-hmm. um, and pour back into myself. But yeah, that's, that's it really. It's just to celebrate, reflect, and but also like, you know, pour into each other. And I do think the Black maternity is real um, yeah. because, you know, one of my girlfriends literally posted on LinkedIn what her challenges were. And I mean, it's, practically gone viral right like a lot of people have replied Mm. and say you know thank you so much because I do Mm -hmm. think you know even though Beyonce and Serena Williams had their challenges right and they're like multi 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 Mm -hmm. millionaires Mm -hmm. um I can only imagine what we can go through and feel like you're not heard or or the after fact right or the fact that you know sometimes people assume that as black women I always have to tell people like I'm human so I know you think I have this magical cape on mm-hmm. but the reality is like I'm human and I do think transitioning from being an independent to all of a sudden having a dependent is real and what that means and I think a lot of people just think naturally oh well you always have it together you'll be fine but there's so much to being a mother, you know, and, and there's a lot behind the scenes that people don't really understand mentally, yeah. physically. Um, yeah, it's a lot. And I think the more and more people talk about it, I think the more and more people will hopefully um, in, impact change so that we feel heard and seen and supported yeah. Yeah. in the space. Yep. And also I want, <laughs> I would love to engage with men in this conversation. I don't know how we do it. So it's something that we talk about um, sure. offline probably about how we do it, because I want men to stop defining what they think support looks like for mothers and postpartum. That's real. I would, I would really love that. <laughs> I would oh, really, really true. love that because it's, 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 it's our bodies going through the changes. It's us, you know, dealing with a child constantly on you, you know, physically needing to be nourished from your body. Um, And I think some men get it, right? I think some men get it. I have guy friends back home who have become fathers and they're like, yo, I get it. Hands up. Like I'm following my wife or my partner's lead in this and supporting her in whatever way she is instructing because this is, this is biologically just not my, my thing. Um, But I do think some men are, make some really un- unfair assumptions of what they think we go through or what they think we don't go through or whatever it is. And so the conversation, in my opinion, really needs to be led by women, but I would love to engage men who are open-minded and who get it to be a part of it as well. Yeah, we should definitely explore that because I know mm-hmm. that based on a recent poll, that's one of the topics that our listeners yes. want to hear. So yeah, watch this space, but we'll definitely figure out how we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been really good to catch up. And like you said, I'm glad we um, finished on a positive note. We send our love and thoughts and prayers to 
um, the family of this brilliant and bright young lady who's been described as just loving and compassionate and thoughtful and um, God-fearing. And so, you know, I can't imagine what her her family and her friends are going through. I also, like you, you've mentioned a few times, they're not just one, there's not just one person in this tragedy, there are three. And so my thoughts go out to um, the other young lady who obviously hasn't been named, but her friend who will forever, you know, yeah. have this um, uh, situation on her, on her mind and her heart potentially. And um, the impact of, of that on her mental health as well. So, you know, we, we send, we send all our thoughts and prayers and love out. Yes, definitely, man. Thoughts with the youth, them. Yeah. It's the Ryan Giggs song, Man Them with Diddy. But yep, yep. we just want you to remember that everyone's race is different, but we want you to stay the course, keep running your race, and you will rise to the top. Till next time, take care. Bye.